publishing a book is a victory, but it's not the end. After you sweep up the confetti and wash the champagne flutes, what's next? Authoring Onward is the podcast about those steps after your first publication. Going from published author to having a long-term writing career. And that has no clear endpoint and plenty of ups and downs. But telling stories for the long-term is so, so worth it. Sit back, listen, and together, let's author Onward. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Authoring Onward. I'm your host, author, editor, and book coach, Connie B. Dowell. Um, And if you hear a little bit of purring, um, in my lap is Bilbo Dowell, my kitty cat. So he is joining us for the purring sound effects this week. Now, today's episode is a little bit different than what I've done before. So it's not a tips episode. It's not an interview episode with um, another author, nor is it a analysis and deep dive of my own or a guest author's marketing efforts. Instead, this is my first podcast episode as a response to another piece of content that I've seen on the internet um, and more about that in a little bit. So I, for whatever reason, this, this struck me as the moment to do it. And I had the bandwidth, I, I took the time to not only craft some notes that I could talk about with you guys, but to actually like script something out so that I could have it as a fully standalone blog post for greater accessibility, um, which is something that I wish I could do, but can't do for every single episode um, of Authoring Onward and Let's Start Writing. And also for, because this is taking me additional time, Let's Start Writing is taking a little bit of a break this week and we'll be back next week. So without spending too much more time keeping y'all in mystery, let's launch into it today. So Authoring Onward is a show about all things to do with the writing life. And you all know that two of the things I'm really passionate about are time management and parenting while writing. But more than that, I'm interested in how to do those things in a sustainable way to create a creative life that is both fulfilling and practical. This is a show about actionable tips for authors, and I haven't this far used this show to make responses to others' opinion pieces or advice or to address another writer or content creator directly. But recently, something came up on my Twitter feed that I could not ignore. It's far from the first creative world controversy that's given me some strong opinions, and it isn't the one most desperately in need of a response, but it just hit at the right time. And when I had the time and the ability to make such a response, and it pushed all my parenting, writing, and time management buttons. I've talked a lot about living the writing life while parenting on this show, and I've written a short book writing without childcare on that very topic. I've had plenty more thoughts on the topic since its publication, and I've also lived through a pandemic and watched my kids age into different stages. So eventually I'll update and issue a new version, but I still stand by the essentials. 
And this book is free as an ebook if you'd like to learn more after what I share today. Just remember to take what works for you and toss the rest. So here's what got me so riled up. A recent letter to Slate's Care and Feeding column. This is a parenting advice column. Um, and I will link to that in the show notes of this episode if you want to go back and read this yourself. And the letter itself, like the letter that the person wrote, is fine. In fact, it's all too relatable. The advice given by care and feeding, well, you'll see. Here's the gist. A visual artist using the pseudonym Uncreative Parenting feels their days are so busy with caring for a baby, plus the need to keep up the house while the baby sleeps, that they have almost no time for creativity. And when they do, they feel like their brain is mush and they have nothing left to give their creative endeavors. Their husband frequently works on remote sites for months at a time, so they are very often on their own. But they know they need a creative outlet. The brief response, framed as tough love, has drawn a lot of criticism on social media. To summarize, the columnist tells uncreative parenting to find a way to sacrifice sleep, to let their house get messy, and to find a nanny or get a friend or family member to watch the baby in order to, quote, follow your dreams. The columnist tells uncreative parenting that millions of parents are productive inside hustles. Some more choice quotes. All I'm hearing is a bunch of excuses. If they can do it, why can't you? Are you window shopping on your dreams or are you ready to do whatever it takes to achieve them? Best-selling author Brandon Burchard said it best. Mediocrity begins at the precise moment you swap the love of a challenge for the love of comfort. Yikes. I trust that y'all listening have the compassion to cringe at this advice just as I did, however the advice may have been intended. And it truly may have been intended kindly, but it wasn't delivered very kindly. And rather than tough love, I think a lot of this is helpful at best, dangerous at worst. And I'm going to break it down. First, the opening. Almost the first sentence. All I'm hearing is a bunch of excuses. This person has taken the time, a precious portion of their extremely limited time, to write this column. They're not simply venting their frustrations, though if that's all they were doing, it would be understandable. No, they want real solutions. Advice. And this language casts the writer as disingenuous and or gaslights them. This line says your problems aren't real. If you came to someone for advice, told them your problem, and then were told that you don't really have a problem or that you don't really want to solve it, would you absorb anything that came after that very well? I know I wouldn't. And the fact is that parenting young kids is hard. It is hard when you have a partner with you, participating equally all the time. Uncreative parenting's partner isn't there for very long stretches. They have to be utterly exhausted. Don't tell them they need more hustle. They are hustling as hard as a person can. Furthermore, the side hustle thing. Nowhere did this person indicate that they were trying to earn money at this point, only that they wanted, no needed, a creative outlet. And I get that big time. I've been there. 
After Hurricane Harvey, when my family was stranded in a new city, no relatives, no friends, in a crummy apartment with electricity issues, and only mattresses and pillows on the floor. The days stretched on endlessly, as I cared for a two-year-old and a four-month-old in that drab gray place, with no rest until my husband came home from work. And at least he came home from work every day. Like uncreative parenting, my work had my creative work had slipped away. I barely had a moment to myself. And my brain was mush too. And a piece of my soul was missing. Because I wasn't creating. That's not about side hustle. Uncreative parenting is in survival mode. And a simple creative outlet is about mental and emotional survival, not career success. In survival mode, having a creative business is almost impossible. And I wish that I had let myself take an intentional pause in my writing career much earlier than I did back when I was in survival mode myself. It would have saved me so much frustration to take that pressure off of myself. It sounds to me like uncreative parenting has already had the wisdom to do that. They say, how does a parent maintain a creative hobby? Not how does a parent maintain a creative business? And they state that they were anticipating a big downturn in creative output while caring for a baby. So let's give them some practical advice on how to do what they're trying to do. First, for me, what helped was lowering the bar a ton, so low that I'd practically trip over it. Nap time was golden especially when I was lucky enough to get both kiddos napping at once. So even though my brain felt like mush, I started incredibly small, writing or drawing for just five minutes. Then I could scroll my phone, stop thinking, and disconnect from the world for just a little bit. Enjoy the precious quiet. So I tell this person to lower their bar as much as they possibly can. Try to make art for five minutes every weekday, if that's too much. Try four minutes, or three, or two, or even one. And I'd tell them to know that even that tiny amount will feel hard. Then, after what feels like a really long time, when that tiny amount doesn't feel so hard anymore, bump it up a teensy tiny bit at a time. Don't get swept away with notions that you'll bump it up to lofty heights, creating for hours at a time every day. Even 30 minutes a day will take a really long time to get to. And some days you'll backslide. You'll split back down to five minutes. Or nothing at all. That's okay. Just get back on the horse the next weekday. But let's tackle the actionable steps that the colonists did include. First, they recommend sacrificing sleep. Do not do this. You need sleep. Need it. Sometimes the creative frustration may make you feel like you need art more than you need sleep, but that is not true. You must sleep to live. You must live to care for your child. You must live to make more art. Sleep, everyone, please, sleep. There is a dangerous myth that artists must suffer for their art, but artists who suffer and create great work do so despite their suffering, not because of it. You are far more likely to create a masterpiece when you are healthy, well-rested, and not overly stressed. So sleep. Next, how about the suggestion to let the house get messy? 
Well, I know I've had the same frustrations and feelings of impossibility while the house was already a giant wreck. Many parents in survival mode have already let a lot of housework go because they cannot keep up the way they once did. I'm going to guess that the writer here has probably not been desperately scrubbing their kitchen cabinets instead of making art and was just waiting for someone to give them permission to let that slide. I doubt there are many artists who would choose folding clothes over creating. And also, even in a super messy house, there is a certain amount of housework that must happen. Clothes have to get washed. Eventually, you have to do dishes to still have place to eat off of. And uncreative parenting's husband is away for months on end. They have to do it all. Let's tackle the other suggestion hiring a nanny or getting a family or friend, um, a family member or friend to help with the baby. This is the most practical solution that care and feeding presented, but it isn't feasible for everyone. We don't know whether uncreative parenting has family or friends nearby or the resources to hire a nanny, even for a small amount of time per week. If they do, I do recommend it as an investment in their emotional health. I've said it many times. Creating without childcare is the hardest possible way to work. As soon as a drop-in daycare opened and I could take my babies there just for a few hours once a week, the fog seemed to clear. I had time to create and to breathe and to be human, and all of our lives improved. Finally, I'll address this quote. Are you window shopping on your dreams, or are you ready to do whatever it takes to achieve them? Best-selling author Brendan Burchard said it best. Mediocrity begins the precise moment you swap the love of a challenge with the love of comfort. There is nothing about being a parent of young kids, especially a solo parent, as uncreative is for long stretches of time, that is comfortable. There is love. There is meaning. There is joy. There is coping. But there is not comfort. Now, I don't want to judge intent here. The advice given in this column, problematic as it may be, I will assume was given in the spirit of helpfulness. And even the aggressive tone may have been intended kindly. Because here is some actual tough love of my own. This won't be easy. And a response full of sunshine and rainbows and toxic positivity won't do uncreative parenting any good. They need honesty, and honestly, even five minutes a day of creative activity will be hard. But the problems that uncreative parenting is facing, problems that millions of parents face, problems that people in many kinds of non-parenting survival mode situations face, those problems are real. And stating them out loud isn't making excuses. Well, that is my two cents, but I'd like to know yours. If you've got actual advice you would give to creative folks in survival mode, whether that's parenting-related survival mode or non-parenting-related survival mode, there's lots of situations um, not related to parenting that could put you in this intense survival mode where you're not getting a creative outlet. And if you've got advice, I would love for you to please comment on the show notes of this episode at authoringonward.com because we could all use more 
tips to get through the really hard times. Um, I know a lot of this show, as as I've grown in my career, has been very career focused and focused on making your writing and your your books a business. Um, but when you are in those really tough moments and you truly cannot treat your writing as a job, creatives have to express themselves and they have to get that outlet. It's what makes us whole and holding on to that is so important. And admitting that you're in a situation where you you simply cannot have a creative business is not an excuse. It's truly not. Hold there is there is absolutely no shame in pressing pause when you are in an intense situation. And I uh, thank you guys for listening to the rant <laughs> here that I gave today. Um, I don't know that it's going to be something I do all the time, but I felt really called to respond to this one. As I said, there's probably there's many been many more um, controversies in the online writing space, in the online publishing space, in the creative world that probably were more deserving of an intense rant and a response. But this one just hit me at the right moment. So, if you would like to talk more, head over to the show notes authoringonward.com. Um, you can also drop me a line, Connie at bookechoes.com, and. Until next week, happy writing, everybody.